TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 575, and I'm Olivia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast calling in from Los Angeles. All right, and Tom, you have the news. Yeah, this is uh, at the start. Um, May 12th, Hollywood is pretending that COVID isn't a thing anymore because they're ending onset COVID protocols, including vaccination mandates. So that'll be interesting. Bad idea. Uh, Yeah, well, we learn nothing from studying the past. ABC Mm -hmm. Really Cool News uh, was announced at PaleyFest, which I'm one of the the times I'm really missing LA, uh, (laughs) paying all that money to see the stars ever so briefly. But Taraji P. Henson is joining Abbott Elementary as Janine's mom, Vanetta, in the penultimate <laughs> episode. <laughs> and oh, the wow. episode is called Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to be good. AMC has announced, some of you might like this news, Delaney Hales is the new Claudia for season two of Interview with the Vampire. Bailey Bass, the old Claudia, is in Avatar 3 and how many ever they're going to do, but she probably has a, uh, Avatar probably has first position to interview, so uh, here's... So they're recasting Claudia, is what you're telling us. They're re- they, they've recast Claudia. I'm all right with that um, Jessica Chastain is going to star in Apple TV Plus's limited series The Savant, which is about a woman who inter- infiltrates hate groups online to uh, stop large-scale attacks, evidently uh, inspired by a true story recounted in a magazine article. Disney Plus has announced that Demetrius Gross from Fear the Walking Dead has been cast as Wonder Man's brother, Eric Williams, also known as the Grim Reaper. So he'll be playing opposite Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Fox has announced that the X-Files Albuquerque animated spinoff is dead on arrival. Why they were even doing it, who knows? Did you hear that they are doing another X? They're doing an X File reboot with uh, Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, thank you. Did you, we already talk about that? No, but it's it's not for Fox, and it's in development. Evidently, it will have an ethnic uh, bent to it, which means I guess some agents of color. <laughs> uh, Freeform has announced that Gronish will end with next year's season six. HBO has announced. Well, actually, HBO didn't announce it, but a producer of Curb Your Enthusiasm tweeted that uh, the show would be ending with season 12, and then that tweet mysteriously disappeared. Um, White Lotus season 3 will be set in Thailand, and House of the Dragon season 2 will only have 8 episodes. Lots of Netflix news uh, this week. There's going to be a Scott Pilgrim anime series with all the original talent from the live-action movie. This is going from Michael Sarah on through Chris Evans, so that'll be cool if you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim. 
Lena Headey is going to star in Kurt Sutter's upcoming Western series, The Abandons. Night Agent has been uh, picked up for season two. And finally, Netflix has partnered with the Canadian Broadcasting Company and the Aboriginal People's Television Network to greenlight a comedy from Inuit TV writer Stacey Aglock McDonald and Inuit director Aletha Arnak Burial. I apologize for massacring those names. Uh, Paramount Plus has picked up, uh, given an early pickup to Strange New World Season 3 before the Season 2 premiere, and they've given a series order to Starfleet Academy. Tani Newsom from Lower Decks is going to be on the writing staff. And finally, it looks like Billions is poised to end with season seven at Showtime. Way overdue. Seriously. <laughs> it should have ended when Damian Lewis left. Oh, it should have ended like at least two seasons before that. This They've been beating this dead horse for a long time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk Rabbit Hole, episode one and two. And this is the new uh, Kiefer Sutherland um, vehicle, as they call it. And I, what I really like about this, about 20 minutes in, I was like, oh yeah, I'm into this show. I mean, he starts off as kind of a jerk. Uh, he find out he's uh, into corporate espionage and he's manipulated a bunch of stuff. And the woman that he sleeps with at the end of the night it looks like she's spying on him or he's being paranoid and you're not sure which is true. But by the end of the episode, you're like, just because you think they're after, after you doesn't mean they're not really after you. Um, so all his paranoia that we've been seeing through the whole episode looks like it might not just be paranoia. Like, and, and I love the bit where they're like, he has murdered such and such a guy and then he gets into his basement and that dude's like tied up in his basement. I was like, wait, what? So every, I like the fact that every episode, by the time I finish it, my reaction is, wait, what? Um, so I did, so just the premise of it is almost hard to explain other than he does these elaborate scenarios to trick people into doing things so that his client company can make a bunch of money and his manipulations are fairly elaborate, but then you find out he got set up. And so his big elaborate thing ended up backfiring into being a bigger elaborate thing. And then he's like, what? And what I really liked was he was chasing this woman down and the woman he had slept with, cause he thought she was in the middle of it. And then the news broke that he was a murderer and she like, karate chops him in the throat that was the funniest thing ever and uh in the middle of the craziness that was going on i i like that i got a good laugh out of that uh allison your thoughts yeah normally this is not really the kind of show that that i'm i'm into i was never you know a, a fan of 24 i didn't want, really watch that but i actually really got into this i i thought it was a lot of fun and i think there is this there's this attitude that they have where they they are very much aware of the kind of show they're doing and they take the time to, to occasionally poke fun at it there's this great chase scene i i forget whether it happened they show both uh, episode one and two together um, that, that is, uh, those both of them dropped at the same time so I'm, I'm not I don't really remember whether this happened in one or two but there is this typical chase scene between him and the cops and he runs off to do what was what is the tropey 
hero slide across the top of the car hood. <laughs> and it so doesn't work that way. And he just kind of rams into the car like, oops, you know, and then just goes trotting down the alleyway to get away. And it's hilarious. And it's like, yeah, that's because you're expecting that. And, and instead, well, it's, and it's also more normal. So guy... it's like, that's what would really happen if a person tried to do that. Right. And what was hilarious is the guy that's like his assistant that you realize, because he was like the guy that survives the explosion because his office gets blown up. And that guy's there and you're like, oh, wait, he's helping him. Wait, no, he's against him. And then they start fighting. And I'm still thinking of him as Jack Bauer, you know, because that's just how I know him. Yeah, he's and not this in there. Kid, and he's not because the kid just starts doing karate moves on him and he gets his butt kicked. It is so funny because you're expecting him to be the hero guy that can beat anybody. And that is not, he was like, wait, are you doing karate? Oh, wait. And he gets kicked in the face. Yeah. And, and, and it's just, it's like, oh wait, you're 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 not a superhero spy guy. You're just no, he's 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 espionage just, guy. That's it, and that's actually <laughs> one of the things that I like about it because he's not a nice person. He's not no. a good guy. He's he's really a, an awful human being. The the kind of espionage that he is involved in in it, it includes entrapment. And and right. he has no moral qualms about that whatsoever. So really, well, he everything looked is a little. He looked a little guilty because part of his original contract was to kill that guy. Well, yeah, episode, which we find and out. And then he doesn't. On. Yeah, that he doesn't. So he do has it because... limits. That's the thing. Yes. He does have limits. Yes. But even even then, it's what he's willing to do is still pretty bad. So there's a kind of karmic quality in the fact that somebody is going after him. Uh, in a right. much more serious way, but using really a lot of the same methods. So I, I just enjoyed it. I love the twists that we, we get at the end of every episode. You know, both the twists right. at the, the, the first one when we hear, see the guy who's he, he's supposed to have killed and knows nothing about, and we discover he's got him tied up in his basement. Um, <laughs> and then at the end, uh, you know, they introduce Charles Dance in a creative way. I know. Um, I was like, ooh, Charles Dance. Yes. It's like, I wonder who he plays. And yeah. um it's it's yeah, it was it was really nicely done. I I enjoyed all of that. So yeah, well, it's not the kind of show that I normally get into, but I think that this they have enough self-awareness of of the tropes and the cliches and they're willing to make fun of them that yeah. I, I'm into this show. And they also know their audience. They know that their audience thinks that, oh, this is another Jack Bauer. And they're like, oh, no, he's not. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you thought he was, but he's not. But, uh, Tom, I know you wanted to talk about it, but I yeah. I just was going to say uh, the twist that they do at the end is confusing until you find out very quickly that his job was originally he was supposed to kill that guy. And he decided not to kill him. And he was trying to explain to the dude, like, look, I'm trying to save your life. And the guy didn't believe him, which left him to tying him up, which is also why he ended up having this woman in his trunk for half of the second episode, which is also pretty funny. Trust issues here. Serious trust yes. issues. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I, the pilot didn't blow me away. I just thought it was tropey. And, you know, when the guy commit, the guy gets the mysterious phone call and then walks off the building, walks off the building and splats him. I just thought, uh, I don't know. I'll, based on your recommendation, I'll, I'll give it an, a couple of episodes more. I just thought, isn't Kiefer Sutherland tired of doing Jack Bauer-like shows? But he's not. That's the thing that's funny. He's 
you think he's doing Jack Bauer, but he's, but he's not doing. He's deconstructing his previous, his signature. Yeah, to, to an extent. Yeah, I mean, and he's making and he's making still, fun of them. He's also making fun of them too. Yeah, his character yes. is still, you know, strategically like you know playing chess, and and hopefully a, a few steps ahead of of his uh, the people he's he's against. But so he's he's still presented as clever, but it's acknowledging that he is not like this superhero who's going to slide across car hoods and and beat up 20 year old guys. Yeah, he can't. He 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 got his butt kicked. It was so funny because when the this is when the fight started, I just I just knew he was going to win the fight. And he did not. (laughs) He did not. My biggest takeaway from the pilot was you really starting to look like your dad. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Kind of like Michael but, but does. I, I think it does acknowledge that he's older and he just can't do certain oh, things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. I liked it. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Succession, and this is the something season four? Is it four? Fourth Five, four. and final season premiere. Uh, all right, you guys talk. Oh, what, man, you think? what a trip. You know, what's f- my stupid HBO Max had me – Basically, it queued up the finale, and I'm like, this seems, are they just doing the same thing over? And I'm like, wait a minute, why did you have me watch this? So I watched the finale again, and then watched the new <laughs> It tricked you. <laughs> okay. But man, it's fascinating watching, especially with all the stuff going on with the Murdochs and Fox these days. Mm. But um, it's, you know, the tale as old as time. The kid's trying to put one on the old man, and he's a, a step or two ahead of him. And I feel like, isn't that every season, though? Yeah, but this season's more... His big birthday bash, which we've seen in previous seasons, none of the kids show up. You know, Well, one, we've still got Connor, who's running for president. Well, yeah. Well, with yeah. his 1% of the... Uh, his 1%. 1%. Cousin Greg, and then... Uh, Tom, soon to be ex-husband, uh, ex ex son-in-law, but he ends up skip. Uh, Logan ends up skipping his own birthday bash to go out with his with his body man, and he want he's glad his body man is there and he confides in him. But he doesn't really care what the guy thinks because the guy starts to say something. Like, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, no, not that. He's like, do you think this is all there is, or is there something more? And the guy starts to talk, and he cuts him off. It was such a pathetic scene. I got it. Uh, the The entire scene uh, was brilliantly written and brilliantly oh, acted, yeah. honestly. Um, I mean, serious kudos to Brian Cox because he was, he just, he just acted the hell out of it. It was a, like a, almost a King Lear level kind of scene between him and the bodyguard. And the, when he called him his, he said, you know, he said, you're my best buddy. Best friend. <laughs> that is so, it's so painfully pathetic. I mean, he's just his bodyguard, but he is he is he is scared away or ruined everyone who whoever got close to him, not just his kids who he is completely alienated and who are now, you know, at really seriously after him, but also his his uh, most recent wife, who's now what this permanently shopping in Milan. Um, <laughs> and he's he's just left with this this gold digger assistant who's who he's sleeping with so he's he's surrounded himself with people who are just these these parasites and hangers on and his birthday party is is just 
you know, it's ghastly. And he, he finds it ghastly, and that's why he kind of escapes from it. But, yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's wonderfully done because you see just this curdling of this personality. And all the money in the world just doesn't buy him even an iota of happiness. If I remember correctly, season one begins with the birthday party because the expensive watch one of the bo- one of the boys gives him, mm-hmm. or or the kids give him, ends up with that with that young baseball player. Yeah, it's. I think that the difference is the you know when it opened up in in the uh, first season was the entire family was there. You know, all the mm-hmm. kids were with him. They were all celebrating. They were flying off to do special things. You know, it's it was they were together. And now he's just you know got rid uh, gotten rid of everybody and the only people at his party are just employees really the, the, the ones on. who were paid to be there yeah exactly and cousin greg who's <laughs> kind of the same thing i'm looking forward to seeing where what what where the season goes because you know i stopped I, I was mad at the season one finale because of what happened and then because of covid allison you talked me into watching season two and so I did and really enjoyed it. But man, they they love to, hey, hey, so and so is going to get what's coming to him. Psych. No, they're not. They're going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that, they, you know, and I think they will finally reach a satisfying conclusion with this one because they can't have Logan constantly get away with everything you know, the True. same way every, every time. Not that I'm, I think that the kids are anything close to heroes. Oh, they're terrible. They're <laughs> they're I mean, people. at least in King Lear, you like one of the daughters, but all these kids are terrible. No, I mean, they're all awful. Kieran Culkin is fun, but he's still awful. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, you know, I mean, I feel sorry for them occasionally because they are really kind of victims of their upbringing. You see, they've all, they've been, shorn of any real human affection their entire lives so they they're they're kind of like this the the whole thing with shiv and and her husband tom Tom? that scene at the end that scene with the two of them fabulous i mean their their entire marriage is just lying in ruins and yet they ironically are having the most married like discussion and and relationship in that last scene when they realize their relationship is dead um, that they, they've had the entire time that they were married. Um, yeah. It was, it was a beautiful scene between, it was just quietly devastating between the and, two. And of Mc, them. I thought McFadden nailed it. Oh, um, yeah. If you Both can only them. watch one white rich people who have miserable lives doing terrible <laughs> things to each other. And let's face it. it there's only so much anyone can take of that. Watch succession. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on. Uh, next up. We're going to talk The Rookie, and this episode answers your issue last week, Tom, where you thought it was too silly. Yeah, this episode, I felt, was... Yeah, this episode really dealt with some, some, some darkness. Though I will have to say, I guessed that uh, the cop that showed up, oh, I was pretty sure... Cop. It was just like, I was like, wait, it's this, it's this guy, right? Like, I'm not crazy, it's this guy. And then no, I like that they very quickly were like, yes, it's this guy. I was like, okay. This is not a mystery show. <laughs> no, no. It's it was just weird. It was it was weird that how quickly it was so obvious. I was like, am I supposed to have known that this quickly? Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, I like the the angst of the episode was really really good. I thought it was interesting it was too to much. play. It was too much. It was too much for me. That's not why I watched the rookie. So it's not. No, but oh. I, I I like they they've set this up, and this was the payoff for the setup. What do you so mean? I didn't set mind it. it. What do you mean they, they, they it they've up? had this? The setup was about the you know the rookie. The new partner. Oh, sure. Yeah, the, the new, new partner. They set it all up. Yeah, they set it all up, and they had her confrontation with her mom. So every step of the way, you saw this coming. So I I was fine with it. No, I. Uh, but I Tom, don't... go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Good. No, I just th- I thought it was a good episode. The um, I'm glad when they give the the partner stuff to do that's not just comic relief. That she's oh she's new agey and a, a bit of a whack job, but a pretty decent rookie. Uh, that a, a little of that goes a long way for me. So it was nice that they let her show her acting chops and gave her something substantial to do. And we I actually agree. got Nolan. Nolan actually got something substantial to do because he got to figure some show. <laughs> he got what? to figure stuff out. Yeah, he he got to figure stuff out. That was great. He's been enlightened a lot of episodes recently, so it was nice yeah, to see really him. Has. You know, if not front and center, you know, slightly off to the side. Uh, all right, Yusun, go ahead. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, I. I agree with a lot of the things you guys said. Um, this is a story arc that they've started from the beginning. So I don't have a problem with the, with them kind of bringing it to closure. Um, and I uh, understand everything. So that's not a problem. I don't mind that, um, that we kind of all knew that it was the cop because I hate when they play out an obvious thing. So, and it's, mm-hmm. Denouement is one episode, so like just tell us in the beginning. It's you know what I mean. We're not watching it for the mystery, so I don't have a problem with that. I've never liked uh, Nolan's rookie. Um, I think they leaned way too hard into the whole you know ghosty psychic whatever whatever thing, and I've never really liked her character. I thought she was great in this episode. I thought it was the first time that I actually uh, thought her acting was good. Uh, and that she was sort of very believable in her character, you know what I mean? So all of that was good. Um, so it might sound like I have a problem with the episode, but um, it's not why I watched The Rookie. So, um, you know, this isn't, uh, what is it, SVU or whatever um, for me. I, I don't I don't think that they, there's, there's a way to like bring that story to closure without it having to be super creepy and super like, you know, um, just ugh. like, I mean, it really I, what I like think. about the rookie is that it does different things. It doesn't do the same thing. It can be funny and hilarious. Like the episode yeah. last week with the double doppelgangers was hilarious, but they can be serious. This show, yeah, it has I, the ability to be serious. I, I don't disagree with that either. Um, you know, we've talked about that a lot about how, um, they will bring you, they'll bring you stories. They, they, what they do really good job of, you know, a lot of times doing all the characters at once. I love the comedy. There's even romance and they've done lots of, maybe it's just too oogly for me because it's child abduction and murder. Do you know what I mean? It's not even like Mm -hmm. a child abduction. And then he kills himself at the end and, or sorry, you know, he does suicide by, by cop and, I don't know. I mean, it's just my own personal opinion. It left a really bad taste in my mouth, and uh, I don't watch The Rookie for that. And I have seen their serious episodes and enjoyed them immensely because of the the contrast. You know, like you said, I can't disagree with you. I like that they give us lots of different things, but at the end of the day, 
um, I'm not watching it for its cop stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, and and uh, even if I am, even if they give me a story that that I that I like, and then let's just talk about these two things because I'll move on. Um, is oh my god, Jenna Dewan's character must have something in her contract where she has to show up in like X amount of episodes because they literally are like, let's give her a scene or two. We have to fulfill her contract. She is hundred percent useless at this point. And even if she wasn't useless, uh, I mean, even if she has to be shown in, you know, a certain level of episodes and they give her a little, you know, about throw her a bone. She is at this point, she's annoying. Like, and I, I, yeah. you know, we said that we said that episodes ago. No, no, I know. Yeah. But I mean, it's just unbearable like now. I mean, when she comes on the screen, I roll my eyes and I'm like, ugh, you know, and then Wesley is not is not much better, you know, and he only gets a, a pass because he's been there since the beginning, you know. Right. But, I don't mind Wesley as much exactly. as long as they don't deal with that stupid storyline. with Whatever. Like yeah. if he's just doing his job. Yep. Wesley's fine. Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, He's so. innocuous. But the other one is toxic at this point. I just really, it's like opening up a garbage can and being like, ugh, like smelling it and being like, I need to take the trash out. <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying she smells. Okay. Well, no. All right. like, you know, you're reminded well, of the smelly yeah, trash. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Can. I anyway. get what you're saying. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Will Trent. And Tom, you lead this discussion because you really wanted to talk about it last week and I hadn't seen it. So go ahead. What, what did you want to no, talk about? The episode when Faith gets kidnapped by a dude, by a, uh, by a convict at the, at the, the courthouse. courthouse. And what was really interesting is when we start the episode, we're really like, oh, you know, she's, she's basically trying to escape from the dude. And then it turns out he actually was framed for the murder of this cop perpetrated mm -hmm. by a dirty cop. And so that becomes the case, but it was just good to see faith in kind of front and center in an episode. And that right. is terrific. Uh, well, what I, I also like, is it also, I don't know if it's just that episode or that episode plus the next episode that, cause they set her up, the same cop sets her up to look guilty as well. Right. And I forgot that her mom also just went down for corruption kind of mm -hmm. charge. So it's like, so she's super sensitive to all of that. And I was like, Oh, right. That's, that's cause I was wondering, I mean, obviously you'd freak out if you were being framed for murder, but she had an extra reason to freak out. So I thought all of those things together was really good. And her chemistry with the convict was hilarious. They had really it was, good. It was hilarious. So yeah. kudos to Iantha Richardson. Now, on the negative side, I am not digging what they're doing with Erica Christensen's plotline. This whole oh, with thing her where she, and where yeah, she's spiraling. Oh. I mean, it's bad enough when her cases are, when she and Will are not working a case together, and she and her partner have a completely different case. And I'm like, yeah, they're always boring. About, don't don't they're care about either boring. of those. But seeing her spiral down, yeah, don't care. Which is, and I like yeah. her as an actor. But the problem is that the whole plot line is adjunct it's to so, what's going on with it's Will. It's so tropey. It's the tropiest of all tropes. It's the tropiest and, of all tropes. And then it's just like, so this guy abused her as a child, and now she wants to prove that he's still a criminal. And instead of, like, going after him for whatever, you know, so she's going after him clean, she's doing all this other stuff. And then the only thing that I thought was halfway interesting that she did was 
when she tells him, enjoy the day because I'm going to kill you. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, because even if she, no, only reason I thought that was cool, because my thing is, even if she doesn't do anything, he's going to be super paranoid and scared. And it was, it was good. Cause I was like, she doesn't even have to come after him by saying that she has raised his anxiety, his fear, his whatever. So he's going to constantly be living in fear, whether she does anything at all. And I thought that was great. I was like, Oh, that was actually the only thing I liked about the, her entire storyline. And then yeah. of course she immediately goes and gets high, which I was like, what? Which is, Come on. Yeah, definitely, definitely tropey. Uh, Will's case in the episode of the, uh, Last week's episode with the kid who's the survivor oh, like of this it. mob hit. Not only was it a compelling plot line, but the kid was good. Um, I, I like that kid. I don't know if you son watched it or not because this this kid was good. He was cute, but not too cute. And well, his he didn't, hair he didn't speak on his for head. he didn't speak for about half the episode. But um, and the dog Betty's adorable. I would never own a pot, pocket dog, but Betty was. It was cute that the kid, you know, bonded with the dog. And it was a nice reversal because uh, Roxanne Hart used to be on Chicago Hope. So she plays the grandmother. And then it turns out. Oh, she's so evil. She's so evil. <laughs> it turns out that Johnny Cash, the man in black, uh, was uh, his uncle. Her son. Right. Yeah, his, his uncle. So we had a really cool where Will Will puts the kid and Betty in the duck system above the Hard, hard, um, sporting goods store, and then it plays a little bit like Die Hard, except for Will. I love, I love the character. I love what Ramon Rodriguez does with the character because he's, he's a smart. lot of fun. He's not, you know, he's a bit of a mess emotionally. I, I really think they missed the boat by not looping Angie into this case instead of this tropey, complete subplot that nobody cares about. Right, and also. I thought it was the most adorable thing ever when he dressed the little boy just like just him. like him. <laughs> I thought that was the cutest thing that was very cute. ever, ever. Um, yeah, so so I, that, friend for for two 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 great a plots in a row, and we won't talk. And about he it. apparently needs to be a father because yes. he really did a great job with that kid. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk Star Trek Picard. And God, what was this episode was named Dominion? Dominion. Well, I'm not entirely sure why, because we didn't deal with oh, the Dominion we, War. We, we found out what ha what Section 31 did. <laughs> oh, right. But I still don't understand why it's called Dominion, because I was thinking Dominion War, Dominion, whatever. Well, but, well, but the I, I, I was to do looking... with the shapeshifters, so then what yeah. happened? I guess. I guess. You no, know, last uh, week's episode was called Bounty, and it was, you know, the actual HMS Bounty was only in a little bit. It, that's true too. So, uh, wh who wants to talk first? Who 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 wants to take off on this one? Um, I'll I'll go because um, go ahead. Because uh, maybe you guys can all be more positive than me. Um, I um I didn't hate the episode by any means. Um, but uh, and I thought it was a decent twist or decent explanation as to because we we're wondering how the changelings got to be able to be so close to being humans you know at mm -hmm. this point uh, undetectable um and so i mean I, I i think it was a major mystery it was for me yes um, and it, it was. was and it was an exciting one like i was very intrigued i was like how did they you know um but the the it is tropey um 
but I mean, I don't know how, how, how much more creative people can get with this kind of stuff, but you know, the whole, um, experimentation, it was creepy, which I thought was good. It was good. Creepy. This season has been very, um, firing on all cylinders and no holds barred and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, but, uh, uh, is it lore, right? Is it lore? Uh, yeah, lore. Data, yeah. Right? So the data lore thing, like him, like fighting between himself in inside himself, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, again. And I hate lore. And it's just throwing him a bone, Brent Spiner to be like, here, act for like three scenes. Um, so I, I was, I thought that was super tropey and I was like, meh. And then, um, you know, getting back to the like experimentation and the whole, like that actually I thought was a good story in the sense that like you could understand why they're so um adamant now about getting revenge what's super creepy is she took the face of her torturer yes that's the super creepiness of it i've seen that done before and it's sort of like a psychological sort of a thing and i'm not complaining like i was like i haven't seen that done before but i have but 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 that's okay i mean it's not done a lot and like it it um deepens the emotional impact or resonance you know of how scarred she is you know what i mean and mm-hmm. um you know so all of those things i thought were really great i thought though um, amanda Plummer was a little mm, scene chewy you know what i mean i thought she got a little <laughs> um mustache twirly got a little hungry chewed a little it's chewy. in her genes have you I not know. seen star trek <laughs> so so for me it was a little and then lastly i will say someone else can talk um i don't know how else they could have done it you know i'm not saying i'm a writer um, so I'm not giving a, a solution, but it was very much, uh, let's, I'll tell you what happened instead of, you know, I don't know. I felt like her, her scenes and dialogue was too long. There was like way too much monologue going on and it brought the whole, the whole episode to a halt for me. Um, so to me, I feel like this was probably in a very incredibly strong season where everyone is coming back, just everybody, Jordy and, 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 um, data and all of them. Um, uh, I just thought for me it was the weakest episode. It wasn't terrible by any means. Just I, I found it to be a little um, tropey and a little boring, quite frankly. I was not bored. Mm. Uh, I will agree with you with the lore thing because yeah. it felt like I wanted to see what uh, Vadic's plan was to get out of that cell because she obviously had multiple plans. And I wanted to see what she did on her own being all smart versus lore just letting her out because there's no way she could have planned for that that was not part of her plan um so and she obviously had multiple layers of multiple things going on and i think it just would have been way more interesting to see her outsmart them they think that they're setting a trap and then they're not and she had more people on the ship and she had stuff going on and I wanted to see that plan instead of having Lore screw everything up. And I was like, eh. But I will say what I thought was really cool, though, was Jack controlling LaForge. I was like, ooh, what is oh, that? That was really like, good. That was good. That was, that was excellent. Yeah. And I really liked her reaction, yes. which would have been mine, which would have been like, dude, get away from me. Yeah. You know, like, what did you do to me? That was excellent. And he's like, we can't talk. We got to run, which is also valid. But I feel like that's a conversation and I can't tell when they were in the elevator and he was, he was like kind of getting into her and she, and he thought he was reading her mind. Like, I I wish you would give me a signal, like touch my hand. And he touches her hand and she's like, why'd you do that? And I was like, 
is he really reading her mind or does he think he's reading her mind? I wasn't entirely clear on what was going on, but I, I, I like all of that. And I like the cliffhanger at the end of the episode where we're kind of like not sure what's going on with Jack and that's the next twist. So I'm, I'm, I didn't think the episode was slow at all. And I did enjoy the flashback. I thought the flashback with uh, Vatic finding out her origin story, I thought that was great. The no, only I thing that I, I think... Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just giving my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was great. And the only thing that I didn't really like was the lore bit. But uh, Allison and Tom, you you're go. What do you guys think? Um, I, okay, well, I will, I will third the, the, the lore thing. He, he was never my favorite character by any wild stretch. I think... I think um, Spiner kind of hams it up when he he starts getting way into, too much. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Um, yeah, so it, it's 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 like a little over the top. So I I never really cared for that too much. And as you said, it would have been nice to have seen how Vedic actually got out of this because clearly she's like you know playing chess while they're playing checkers. And, and mm-hmm. she's 10 steps ahead of them. So it would have been nice to have seen that plan instead of, you know, Lore just being, ha, 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 chaos agent. Um, which I'm evil. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no we know. Reason. We know, honey. Go back I'm to your evil Lord. twin. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's only so, so long you can keep doing that. It's not that interesting. Um, I do disagree, though, with, with uh, Vedic and, and allowing her the time to, to monologue on her past. I mean, yes, it's the standard villain monologue, but um, we needed to know what is motivating her. Um, why is she doing what she's doing? What is the point behind it? And, and we've been going all these episodes wondering what that is. So I didn't have a problem seeing her, seeing her get into that and giving her the time to, to explore that and, and go into details because that, that is extremely important to her character. And yes, I thought it was it was suitably creepy that she took on her torturer visage. Um, yeah, but th- so that was very nice. Um, I thought I thought all of the the rest of the show was was good too. Everything go- happening the the mystery about what's going on with Jack um, and and all the rest was was extremely well done. So I I like this episode overall. Uh, I thought uh, not not just overall. I liked the episode. I thought it worked. All right, Tom. I thought it was a good episode. I thought uh, Vatic's, you know, I like Vatic's backstory. Um, I think that it's interesting that Beverly seems to be struggling with. Am I willing to do something that incredibly awful, like the fellow? Oh right, had right, done right, right, right. Because come up with a virus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish we had gotten a little bit more information about what's the deal with Jack, but obviously that's going to be a big reveal. I did like the continuing flirtation between him and Sidney LaForge. <laughs> well, I think, I think he's kind of that, that ship has sailed. Cause I think she's freaked out by him now. So I don't well, know what his chances are. Three episodes. <laughs> I got, I got that joke. That ship has sailed. You're so clever. <laughs> um, I thought it was a sol- I thought it was a solid episode. Uh, let's not forget to give a uh, a shout out to Tim Ross for reprising. Not oh, too that's at true. The that oh, was right. I, 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 forgot, I really, yeah. I really liked the double twist on that because they make you think 
she's done the check to make sure that he's himself. But haha, there was a double check, and she's like, "You're false." Like, but then they did that thing where they're like, "Oh, we're keeping him alive to get information." I was like, "Really? That feels like you're only doing that because he's a star of another yeah. Star Trek yeah. show." Well, versus it's like they're keeping what... Riker and Deanna alive when they can replace. Yeah, him. that's true too. It just felt weird. I was like. I don't think they've kept anybody alive when they've taken them over. That just seems strange. If you're above the I... line on the call sheet, you get <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap that up. Uh, so thumbs up for most of us. Uh, I, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was the weakest episode of the season. That's all. If I had to pick one. Well, we had that done for the season, so maybe there's one even worse. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Ted Lasso. And this week's episode of Ted Lasso was just, we got Zaba. And Zaba won lot, lots and lots of games because they basically did like a winning montage as they move up the ranks. Because obviously now they're not going to end up, they're not going back. They're not going to end up at the bottom of the ranks. So they're, So there's that. And so it looks like they really might win it all. But Zaba's a trip. Because I was like, is he? A, he's like he meditating. He, yeah, because at first I just thought he was going to be a kind of an arrogant douchebag, which he is. <laughs> but he a nut. He's an. But he's like he's meditating. A he's a lovable Yeah, I don't know bag. if he. I don't know if he's lovable, but he's <laughs> he not the kind great. of character. <laughs> yes, he's a little bit crazy, but he's a little more interesting than I thought he was going to be. So I'm actually not sure how Ted Lasso is going to use his Ted Lasso-ness magic on him to make him a team player. I'm not entirely sure oh, where I that's going. That's gonna happen I, at all. I think it's going to be the other way. <laughs> I think it's going to be Zava. Like they, they've already leaned into that about him getting everyone to meditate. And by the end of the episode, he, you know, they, he was kind of changing them to be more like him. You know what I mean? So I yeah, think that's, that's the direction. I think he's going to go a long way to heal, helping um, heal Ted because, you know, Ted and that big bomb about um, his therapist, Oh, that is so crazy and super unethical. So but, unethical, okay. right? And so he has every right to be as, as you know, as shocked and as um, traumatized by that. So I think this is going to be about, I think we're going to come full circle, obviously. Not obviously, but this is the end of the series. Um, this is going to be about Ted healing. And I think Zava, in all his unconventionalness and his abrasiveness and his narcissistic whatever, um, he is actually going to be... Uh, I think instrumental in healing Ted and the Ted's whole journey from coming all the way from the States to, you know, coaching this team that he knew nothing about. And he's going to be, you know, a changed man and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm not trying to dismiss it or, you know, make it small, uh, but I'm just saying that, um, yeah, I, I was a little concerned. That's way too strong of a word, but um, with the last season, as we know, sometimes they just absolutely skid off the runway and, um, and sometimes they just lose the plot in the third season. Other, other, other way, other times it's like, oh my god, you know, they're it's amazing. They're bringing the entire series. So for me, in the the first episode or so, I was a little like had to kind of get back into the rhythm of the show. Um, and I still don't think that it's honestly as as charming or as good, uh, you know, as uh, it, you know. Obviously, nothing st- stands to the first season, but the second season. And so, you know, I, I think we've been hinted at that it's supposed to be a, like a, an amazing season. So I don't question that it'll it'll do that. But um, I just want to say uh, two things. One is um, 
the there were these one-liners and facial like oh that's i love wordplay and i love that kind of stuff and that scene where they're messing with um is it jamie and uh or he's messing with them and they have that whole um argument about ironic and hypocritical oh that was so good that was so good fantastic <laughs> he's like he's like i was being a hypocrite not ironic right. and he was like isn't that ironic <laughs> right and then you know but he was like is that right oh <gasps> it is and then he's like isn't that ironic i just i just don't i mean it was a funny line i just questioned that he was he's self-aware enough to make a, a judgment like well that. i think that was part of that i think we're supposed that was why it was so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's he's that supposed to have been like self-improving the last season or two anyway. You know what I mean? Like self-discovery. Maybe he's been reading dictionaries. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, sitting around, I'm just going to read this dictionary. Like, I don't know. A letter but, per night. There yeah, you, you know what I mean? So I kind of believed it because there, there's an arc there for him and, you know, whatever. Um, but there, I loved, so that was my favorite sort of, uh, script kind of line, but visually Ted moving like, so like swift, like so slowly, but so smoothly behind Zava, like to like. Oh, that was so great. That was such a funny visual gag. That was the best visual thing I have seen in a long time. And it was done so effortlessly slowly and smoothly it was like did they put him on like a wheelie thing like did he <laughs> did they pull him um that was the best visual gag so those two things stand out for me i mean i love the show somebody else talk um i thought i thought it was a, a hilarious episode just I, the thing is i get a, a different vibe from zava uh yes he's he's got this this thing going where he i mean he he comes on like the the jesus of soccer and yeah he really is, believes he is he yes. he does i mean the perfect example was when he gets up on on the bench to to hold his arms out to the crowd and he takes his shirt off and you realize <laughs> he's got a tattoo of himself standing up with his doing arms that pose that is hilarious absolutely the best visual joke it was i, I was dying it was, <laughs> it was so perfect and it said everything about the character but the thing is that you have to remember what they've been telling us since the beginning which is yes he leaves a trail of awards and wreckage wherever and, and, he yeah, goes right. so i think right. that ultimately i mean he's not he's he's going to seem to have a, a good influence on the team for a while and and on ted and everything and then it's, yeah. it's going to start turning in you know that what he's going to yep. zava is going to be zava and whether it's it's that he he leaves the team at a, an inopportune time or he he gets injured or whatever something is going to happen something explosive that's going to put the put the the focus back the team's on the gonna team have itself. to win. they're gonna have to win on their own on their it's own not gonna be yes yeah. exactly and so so yeah. i think that's that's what's ultimately gonna happen and i think the same thing with ted is that he's he has to find something within himself to make <laughs> himself heal and right um i think i think that's more it's more of an inner journey he's than, than finding out a better influence somewhere you know outside himself so I, right. I think that all of that is coming together. And what we're also not talking about is we've got the, we, a now a situation, the character whose name I, I can't remember, um, has turned out to be gay. Um, which oh, I got caught by a reporter. Colin. I don't, I don't think, I don't think Colin, what's his name yes. can report that. 
Uh, I, I don't think not, that reporter. I don't. I don't. Think he I is. don't think so either. I mean, the, first the of all, of rep- that being news is hopefully, thankfully, are gone. Well, apparently, it's still like really a big deal for sports. Uh, in, in, in sports, sports it is and, a big and, deal. In in uh, football in Europe, um, there's like only one out player, like in the entire league or something like that, that I read about. Um, so it's still a big deal. But I, I, yeah, I don't think that uh, Trent is going to. I don't think Trent say, say anything about it. Be simply because, first of all, he's not a journalist anymore. He doesn't work for the paper. He doesn't have this need to report. He's writing a book, and I think that he, you know, the the greatest way to make sure that the team never trusts him again or says anything to him would be to to out somebody on the team right. like that without their permission. So I I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think it's interesting that you know you've you've got this situation of of Colin who is so terrified that the rest of his teammates are going to find out that he's introduced his his lover. As, as his best man. friend, as his wingman, oh, it is wingman. That's even worse. Yeah, I know. But uh, but I also want to touch on one other thing before we move on, which is uh, is Jessica, is that her name? The owner of the team, Rebecca. 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 Right. Her whole vision of the future. She went and talked to the the, oh, the psychic, the, the psychic. psychic, and she got her visions. And so now she's seeing all the pieces of the visions everywhere. And now she has gotten her green matchbook. So that means nothing. I don't know what it means. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but have a baby. I know. I was like, uh. So I, I'm not sure what's going on with that storyline, but I, I like Rebecca a lot, and I just don't want her. I'm like, are we introducing psychics are real? Is that what's happening here? Like, I'm not entirely sure, but I want to see what's going on with Rebecca. And that's the last thing I want to talk about for Ted Lasso, and we can move on. But thumbs up. It's Funny. This is a really good episode. So yep. thumbs up. Next up, I want to talk about uh, the night agent. I don't know. Did anybody else see that but me, the pilot? I saw it. Me? I saw more so, than one episode. <laughs> I almost watched another. If I hadn't watched the first one so late, I probably would have watched more. I watched but, the first uh, episode so late, and I still watched more episodes. <laughs> Um, I thought it was good. Like what's weird is I've never seen this actor before. And I had this weird out of body moment, like halfway through the pilot where I was like, this guy should be famous. Why are we not using a famous actor to play this role? Because it felt like the story felt like not necessarily that I'd seen it before, but it felt like a higher caliber of show that should have had a higher caliber of like famous actor. I don't know why I thought that at one point, but I mean, the actor himself, there's nothing wrong with him. Like he did a fine job. I just, I don't know why I just had that moment where I was watching it like half of the pilot. Like I was like, how come this guy's not famous? How come we don't have a famous lead on this? Um, But I like the overall premise, which is he's a low level FBI agent that mans this, the night phone um, that never rings until it rings on his shift and uh he gets the code but it's like weird and he has to figure out whether to follow it or not and he ends up having guard duty of this witness because her family gets assassin like assassinated is the best way to say what happened to them they got straight up murdered badly um and she doesn't know who to trust and he technically doesn't know what's going on but he knows enough to be suspicious and I like that they gave him a backstory of where his, 
father got framed for something. Well, and so, be, right. And I think that that's why he's overly cautious, why he put the live camera in his apartment. Right. Because he was, he's figured out to protect himself and to cover himself. So he did stuff that a regular agent of his level probably wouldn't have even thought to do. Oh, I don't know. I I just thought that was was him being really smart, like good spy. Oh yeah, it was really smart. I'm not disagreeing, but I also felt like it was because of what had happened earlier in his life that it made him be extra cautious and extra smart, you know, and not just take his superior's orders as gospel. He's not just, he takes their orders and then he thinks about it and comes up with something else. You know, he does what he's supposed to do, but he's not a mindless automaton. And so that's what makes him interesting. And I think that's also why the girl, I don't remember her name, trusts him. Um, and also it's like the last thing she heard her, her aunt and uncle say is someone in the white house is crooked. We can't trust them. And so they're like, where are we? We're at the white house. She's like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That was all of that was good. And she's like, I'm not going to tell them everything because I'm trying not to get killed. Right. And I was like, look at you being smart, you know? Well, they so said that up I as well. That cool. Yeah. I, I think, um, uh, did anyone else see the show? I think it was just two of us. I threw it out at the last minute to watch, so. Uh, I've um, been wanting to watch it and I'd heard some decent things about it. And, I, you know, I I think you guys know, I, I'm, I very much like spy thriller kind of shows. I think we all do. Um, but I, you know, I'm particularly fond of them. Um, you know, here's what I will say. I've got, a, I've got to, I think, um, uh, I don't know if support's the right word, but you know, bolster, I, I think everything that you said, but I'll, I'll say a few other things. Um, this, the, the show is absolutely nothing new. I mean, on the run, no. one agent protecting, a you know, uh, someone who's going to be shot or killed or what, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's a hundred percent, not even remotely original. Um, but there's something about the show that is pretty compelling. I mean, I alluded to the fact that I stayed awake much longer than I should have. And in fact, I didn't watch a show or two for this podcast because I kept watching it. Um, and I, I know you, I will not refer to the other episodes that I watched. Um, so don't worry. I know you hate that. Uh, except I will say that I saw more episodes and what I feel about the first episode kind of stays, which is uh, to back up what you said is, I think the lead actor is solid, but that's it. I think he's serviceable. I think, you know, his looks are serviceable, his body, like his acting, all of it. He's solid. I mean, literally solid. He looks like a a football player. Um, uh, But there's nothing really compelling about him, which is a shame. Go ahead. Right. And I, that's why I think I felt like, yeah. why isn't a famous yeah. no, person with more with charisma and... playing this role? Yeah, he does. Because have... the story is the story is like you said, something you've seen before, but yes. kind of good. Yes. And you were like, well, it could be better yes. if maybe yes. such and such was in this role. Yep. Yep, and I, yep. yeah, that's pretty much what I was feeling. The production yeah. values are better than CW, but the lead is oh, a absolutely. little CW. C- CW for me, meaning like, you know, he's pretty enough to look at and he can, you know, he can carry a show if he has to, but n- not remotely compelling. I like the female actress a little bit better. Yeah, um, I think she's compelling. Yeah, she's she's more interesting to watch. And, you know, she's a little kind of whiny isn't the right word, but like, you know, because in her situation, she should be upset and this and that. Here, here's my problem with the show. 
uh, there were, it's a spy show. So, you know, him setting up the camera and his spy craft and all of that is good. And they had a few things that were kind of smart. But then there were other things they did that were just ridiculous. And I can't even remember, uh, you know. Oh, no. Sorry. I think that's in the next episode. So here's what I will See? say. Here's what I will say. Um, I, I think the show is worth people trying out. Um, and I think that if they, uh, you know, they, they like it well enough, they should keep watching. Um, I enjoyed myself to the point where even though we just finished telling, uh, you know, saying that the, sh the character, the lead isn't even that char charismatic, the plot is pretty standard. Um, it still was written in a way and shot, I should say, where I was like, Ooh, I kind of want to know what happens next, you know? Um, yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. So it does, it does its job. It's not a great show. I can't imagine it, you know, anyone saying that like, Oh my God, did you see that? It's so good, but it's fun to watch. The last thing I want to say though, is I'm starting to notice a trend of like senior officers or people who are like in supervisory role positions being given to like older women of color. Do you know what I mean? It seems to be like a thing and I'm not complaining, but it's just interesting. And I will say that um, the the, uh, the chief of staff, you know, is um, the actress Hong Chow, I think her name is. And she was just nominated for an Academy Award for The Whale. And I think she is not good in this. Um, I was about to say, she got nominated for really? Because I was yes. like, she's not that good. No. That's so that's, strange. Yes, that's she's why I want to bring She is brilliant in The Whale. Yeah, yeah, in no, this, she's it. not. I've seen, I've seen, wow, that's, that's what I'm saying. I feel like she's wasted in this and the, the writing yeah. is really terrible. She doesn't, really, she doesn't have much to do, but right. at least in the pilot, she didn't. And I was thinking, I was like, who is this no-name woman that's yes. doing nothing in this yes. role? And I thought that was weird. Robert Patrick, on the other hand, I was completely distracted by his eyebrows the yeah. entire time. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Is he just surprised? Are we surprised right now? I was like, oh my God, does he have too much Botox happening in his yes, forehead? Because his eyebrows are like this yeah, the entire yeah. scene, uh -huh. like all his scenes. And I was like, is he deformed? Like I was like, I don't even know what he was saying Listen, in his just, scene. Just to even this out. Cause we all talk about everyone in society and whatever, talk about women, uh, older women getting really bad Botox. You know what I mean? And not age. That was well. horrible. He did not age. Well, he did not age. Well, clearly he knows this. So he went for the Botox. He went. To, oh like, my God. You know, he went too hard for the Botox. No, it was too discount. Was too Botox. It was bad. Yeah. So, but it, it was super distracting, but that I'm sorry, that has nothing to do with the plot. And yeah. I love Robert Patrick. I <laughs> but, do, but I, but I will but, say that he was distracting. Um, I will say this. So, so that's what I mean by she seemed a little shoehorned in, like, oh, let's get yeah. a supervisor kind of. However, I will say this: she does get more to do. I don't think her acting gets much better. Um, uh. but but that being said, um, lastly. Uh, I, I, she wears the same clothes for like, I think seven days. I don't know what's happening. And it was like, she, <laughs> she, wears like she wears like the low, like this really weird long skirt that isn't long or short. It was, it was so not chief of staff. It was so noticeable to me. And I kept thinking, are they going to not change her out of that hideous skirt? And they didn't, which made no sense to me. So there are a lot of little, th I know that seems like a small thing, but it's not. Yeah, I was like, I didn't notice. I have no idea what she was wearing oh at all. Oh my God, it was, it was so inappropriate for her character. Like it really was. Um, and, but we, and we got to move on because we got two more shows to talk about. We got yeah, two more so that, no, but so my point is it, all these little things bothered me about the show. And so it's not a great show, but it's fun enough, you know, to check out. I would give it 
better than that. I would say it's actually a good show. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, um, but there are little nitpicks. All right, let's move on. Next up, let's talk about The Mandalorian. And this episode, they tried to link episode three with the undercover double triple agent chick um so the beginning of the episode was had no mandalorians at all and i was really a little worried at the beginning um but we saw this the town get attacked by pirates which goes to show why they set up the stuff at the beginning and then we have the tie fighter come and try to report it and we get the triple agent chick trying to obviously sabotage uh the aid because there's obviously something else going on and um man it really shows the new republic does not know what they're doing they're super unorganized and it's just unwieldy and i think that's kind of the point of what they're showing um and then we finally do get to the mandalorians and then the story takes off and i was like oh okay this is cool um and I really like the armorer. She is, I don't know if she's the unsung hero because I'm sure other people are talking about her, but she is like my favorite. I love the armorer a lot. Um, so yeah, and I like that she just was like, you know what? We now have this entire, like half this planet that we can settle on. Let's bring all the Mandalorians, but there's so few of us that we can't afford to have sex or whatever tribes. We have to be one. Oh my God. I totally and thought I you really said sex. Lo- That's what I thought. <laughs> and I was like, to procreate no, as soon and as I was possible. like, no, they need to have more sex. I was like, they need to have more. They need to, we need to oh, have little oh, Mandalorians oh, running around. I was like, they, they absolutely need to have more sex. So they can have S-E-C-T. Sex. I'm, it's not my fault. The English language is fruity um but i'm basically saying non no more tribes so be united i love that message at the end of the episode that made me so happy i was like yes let's do this so i gotta i this was one of the this made made me feel like everything we've seen before has come together for this so it felt like everything else was worth it so i was pretty happy with this episode uh thoughts anybody else they they really they john favreau as head writer showrunner needs to look at how television shows are structured because subplots need to feel like they have a relation to the main plot line and when we're when we start with something that doesn't have to do with anything else that's not where it should go in the episode there there, there are rules he needs to you know i almost feel like FedExing him a copy of, you know, Jay's <laughs> book about script writing. Um, there is a lot of clunky setup, which may or may not have been intended for the now dead spinoff Rangers of the New Republic. But man, you got to make that stuff feel organic to the plot line. Because, you know, out of the, we're five episodes in and there's what? one and a half episodes worth of stuff that really doesn't have to do with Mandalorians. So, you know, when we got to the Mandalorian stuff, it was great. But I just, you know, kind of like my beef with uh, the way the Titans is structured on HBO Max, 
it's like you guys are breaking rules and there are rules and you should follow them because people expect you to. Well, sometimes sometimes breaking the rules are okay. I don't I don't yeah, mind breaking the rules. Yeah, but I, I kind of agree with Tom. They're not breaking them in ways that work. You know, and, and, I... and Book of Boba Fett, you know, having two whole episodes without the lead character in the show, just like truth in advertising, just say, hey, we're doing a Star Wars special prelude to the New Republic. But it's just, you know, we've got three episodes left and it feels like we barely started the plot line with the Mandalorians. Yeah, I know because I I feel like the plot should be we want to unite all the Mandalorians. That's the plot. And we just got there here all the time. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) There was a lot to like in this episode, but I agree with Tom. The the, the beginning of the episode, I was afraid it was going to be another one of those things where we just spend an entire episode without. I was too. uh, Honestly, or anything, anybody who we know. And, and it was, it was like making me kind of roll my eyes and go, Oh God, again, um, when they tied into it, I was fine with that, but they took way, way, way too long to do it. Um, and also, you know, I was, I was kind of annoyed that the only way they were able to, to kind of pull this together was with the pirates who I find incredibly uninteresting and the leader of the pirates (laughs) who is probably the, the Least least scary scary and the the worst designed character they've come up with in the wrong show he's in the wrong he should be like in a muppet movie or something i I mean you know he's he's a giant pile of seaweed that talks it's just like (laughs) who cares it's not scary and it's not fun. It's 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 like Muppet territory. It was hilarious. Uh, so it was hilarious. It, it, and then was for terrible. some reason he decided at the end he needed to go on a suicide run. And I was like, Really? Like, okay, okay, yeah. Well, I'm like, if you're a pirate, know. shouldn't you be all about yourself and selfish? One would so, think. But uh, but they you know, just, I mean it was, was just odd. it was just a plot device. That's the thing, is that they couldn't come up with anything else and, and he died like a plot device and <laughs> He lived like a plot well, I mean, device. Yeah, the whole point, like yeah, the whole point was that the, <laughs> <laughs> is the Mandalorians needed to come out looking like heroes and have a home. Well, and now yeah. they have a home. Yeah. And yeah. instead of that weird beach where they kept getting attacked by alligators and dinosaurs. <laughs> I know. Seriously. And I thought they're like they're, they're like, like I mean terrible prey place. animals on that on that planet. You know, everything else is bigger and wants to eat them. So uh yeah, that was that was kind of but I, I do agree that the, the armorer is a fascinating character. The thing is, I don't know if I'm supposed to trust her. There's, there's a, a weird I vibe feel... I get from her that no. I, I mean, she could go either way. Maybe she's, no. she's heroic or maybe she's got, you know, ulterior motives because some of the things, some of the choices she makes no. seem really weird and at odds with things she said in the past. I, I feel don't like she's just come agree. around. Yeah, I think she's absolutely. come around. Yeah, I, I totally, I don't think she, I never feel like she is not being anything other than honest. Yeah, and honorable. I've never got that vibe. Feel, yeah, and honorable. Everything honorable. about her is we'll all see, about honor. I guess. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, just, I. I've started getting just that weird feeling from her in the last couple no. of episodes. Yeah, no, I, I feel like it's the Allison... opposite for me. Go ahead, Tom. No, I'm with Allison. Something oh. seems to be up. Yeah. Well, I don't I, think so. I, I I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle. I feel I feel I feel more like um what we've what I've seen is her you know kind of coming around uh you know but always kind of being honorable and kind of very you know very committed to this is the way, 
Um, but I, I could see they leave a little bit of wiggle room, you know what I mean? Possibly to kind of, you know, her manipulating, uh, you know, um, I don't know. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, thank you. Um, in some way, but I don't think so. My my instinct tells me it's it's probably not that, but I could see where Allison would, you know, I see what she's saying, you know what I mean? I just don't know that I, I you know, I, I believe that. I thought the episode was good except for all the things i won't spend a lot of time on it i think everyone kind of covered everything um from your pirates of the caribbean you know uh you know um villain to uh you know the storytelling and all of that um i thought it, it wasn't that it wasn't uninteresting i mean kind of i, I agree with you libya i'm glad that that's where they got to it but i it the whole thing played like um like a navy seal you know, kind of um, set piece, you know what I mean? With the, you know, dropping and then the guns and then being um, pinned down by a, you know, by a you know, machine gun and the, you know what I mean? So there was really nothing interesting about the battle scenes or the fight scene and, and you that. I thought the little cute, um, whatever they are in the trees, the little, you know, uh, de facto monkeys, you know, kind of warning them. I don't know, it was fine, it was cute. So whatever, I thought it was a good episode. Um, but it, it wasn't particularly, um, nothing really new about it and, and the fight. Well, that's why I said I skipped, when I was giving my description what was good, I skipped the whole fight. Yeah. Bit, and I was like, it, the really the meat of it is yeah. they're going to unite. And yeah. that's what I said. So, I mean, and, and like I said, yeah, but, but like what you guys already said, it took, it kind of took too long. So, I, I mean, I'm enjoying The Mandalorian this season, but I, I, for sure it isn't a great season but i'm enjoying it i i like it better than season, season one had a bunch of standalones which i thought was goofy yeah, it was at very least episodic. this one it, it, yeah yeah at least yeah. now i feel like there's a story yeah but let's move yeah. on we got one more show yeah, to i talk do about. i do want to say one thing is that the one thing i find terribly amusing about the show is that apparently if you want to win an argument with a mandalorian you just end whatever your argument was with this is the way way. and then they all have to say this is the way an argument is over (laughs) every every parent should just say that to their child because they just can i have the cup no you cannot this is the way way. (laughs) all right let's move on uh next up we're going to talk shadow and bone and i watched episode three and i find that even trying to watch two episodes of shadow and bone together is I, i can't do it in one night it's it's because the episodes are long. Each episode's like fifty minutes to an hour, and after I finish one episode, I'm like, yeah, I don't have another episode in me right now. And I made the mistake of trying to watch it Saturday night, so I only watched one. So in episode three, I did. I found that I liked the criminal storyline better than um, Alina Sarkov's story this time around, which was the opposite of what I said last week. Uh, so I, I liked what was going on with the, the criminals this time, like their conflict and, and, um, I mean, I felt like the leader guy, I can't think of his name. Um, Kaz, Kaz, something. Kaz. Uh, Kaz. Kaz, there you go. I, his story, his big reveal that his brother was killed by the bad guy is not surprising to anyone at all. So, but the fact that finally his his people were like look i'm not moving another muscle until you tell us why we're risking our lives right now he should have told them this a while ago and so he finally tells them they're kind of on board but uh i like that 
Um, he specifically told the Heartren woman, stay under the radar. Don't let such and such see you. He's on the lookout for you. And what does she do? Starts screaming the dude's name at a big fight. And then she gets caught. And I was like, oh, come on. So that was a little irritating. But I, I did like that story better than Alina finding out that the guy they've been traveling with is really a prince. And now he proposes marriage. And I was like, well, he's better than the other dude. So he's <laughs> it's not marriage per se. It's a strategic. I know it's a, it I, is. I get that, but, but it's, but it's still, still trading up. Come on. It's, let's... Yes. It's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. Cause that dude, that dude at least has charisma personality. And apparently when he opened the door, he has abs. So I was like, <laughs> Thumbs up. Let's do it. Yep, absolutely. And, and, and so I was like, why? And then she shows up in her almost underwear, knocking on his door in the middle of the night, talking about, I'm going to accept your proposal. And I was like, this is not, this is like a mixed message happening right now. <laughs> um, but I'm really not that no. into you, but just in case. <laughs> yeah, this is like, really. Here, it here I am in a negligee, just yeah. in case. Yeah, I was like, that's a weird way to accept his proposal, even though it's supposed to be completely political. Um, so her storyline was not as interesting. Uh, the bad guys, Kieran Kernan, Kiernan, something Kurrigan. like that. Kerrigan. Yeah, General chopping Kurrigan. off his mom's finger, talking about, here, do something with this bone. I was like, oh my God. Like, uh his storyline was interesting because he is completely insane um and i think what's crazy is he thinks the more insane he is he's like we're gonna punish her so that all the other people know not to to uh leave and i was like or you're gonna encourage them all to take off like the whole thing was he's saving them from themselves and saving them from the bad guys and he's their uh you know their savior but if he's torturing you, if you leave, that's not a savior. So I was like, what kind of message are you sending to these people? So I feel like he doesn't know what he's doing either. Uh, I, and that's all I got to talk about because I only saw episode three. So what else? What else you guys got? I, I saw three and four. So in four, uh, his, they did the thing where she's talking to, um, oh, the guy, the army dude that she's sweet on, but has low charisma. <laughs> yes, that guy. Sorry. Mal. Mal. Yeah, his name is Mal. Whatever. Thank you. But anyway, she's talking to him, and the way they're shooting at it, the, the way they shoot the scene, I'm like, somebody is totally spying on them, and it's the big brother of the, uh, you know, the guy. The twins? Yeah, the, the prince dude. But by the end of this, so you think that he's going to narc on her and he, he, he does some catty moves. And then during this big celebration, Kurrigan sends his shadow beasties in. So it looks like they, like they, they ripped the prince guy apart. So her, her betrothed is now next in line to the throne. Of course. And I knew um, that was good. I knew that brother was the spare. He was like, I'm the spare. I was like, nope, your older brother's going to be the spare. <laughs> yes. You're not as good looking and your IMDb credits aren't as good. That's it. <laughs> so, um, and then she, she tries to fight back, but uh, Kurrigan's powers are increasing because of whatever mumbo jumbo. But then they go, they, she and her squad go behind the scenes and she has a convo with Kurrigan who's not there. He's doing that whole, I'm here, but I'm not. They're doing really the mind. They're doing the mind melt thing. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then meanwhile, with um, now I'm forgetting the thief's guys. Kaz, 
Kaz. Kaz, Kaz Brecker. Big power play on his his well, mortal enemy. Oh, I, oh, what I was going to say, what I really liked when he was talking about finding people's weaknesses was when she was like, what's yours? It's like, he's like, people see the cane and the limp, but they don't understand what it means that he's actually faking his limp the opposite way or something. So when he gets into that fight and he just destroys those guys, I was like, wait, does he not have a limp? Like, no, it he was does. He does, but he's learned how to how to compensate and use that cane as a weapon. Yeah, but not just that. I mean, I feel like he pretends his limp is on one leg, but it's really the other leg or something. I feel like it's a there's multiple layers to that or something. No, he's like, just not as disabled as he likes people to think he is. I mean, he does right. have he does have the limp. The limp is real, but he he has compensated for it by learning how to use the that. Uh, Kane is a weapon oh, and being able to yeah, fight that... like crazy even with the oh, yeah. and that's what people are not expecting they look at him and they, they see this skinny yeah. little gimp and actually he's much more dangerous than that oh absolutely that fight was awesome that was a good fight yeah. uh, the only thing that any I, other I, thoughts yeah I love the episode up, overall both, both episodes I thought were, were really well done and really well paced the only thing that, that really kind of drives me crazy they have this appendage that, that they need to drag around in the form of this this storyline which i guess is going to pay off later but right now it's just why are we watching this is the whole thing between the heart render and her jailed boyfriend and oh, every right. time to be fair the that, boyfriend's hot i mean to be fair the boyfriend's hot he, so. he is but that's not enough for me to want to keep going back to this <laughs> prison and have these scenes that go nowhere and have her act like an idiot every time she gets anywhere near him instead of behaving strategically. And it's like, it's, I feel like my time is being wasted. And I know it's because later on they have to get him out of prison and it'll play a big part in, in the rest of the story. But for right now, it's, I just feel like they're wasting time. You know, it's like, just just set it aside. You know, I mean, if you have to remind us he's there every once in a while, do it as briefly as possible because this is just nothing. Um, so yeah, I'm not that's, disagreeing. that's, that's the only thing that, that I really can't stand is this, this story that goes nowhere. Um, and the rest of it I thought was, was extremely well done and very well paced, um, and definitely okay. pulls the story along. All right. So let's wrap that up. So I think we're giving it a thumbs up. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. So uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on sci-fi.radio, Six Degrees of Heat, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.